All right, scotch is back on the menu. Cheers, John. Salute. Wait a second. That sounded like Italian. It's uh, it's pronounced Italian. Um, Genuine Italian. Listen, all joking aside, that Italian lady in space seems really cool. Uh, but I mean, That's every man also woman, likely child, by virtue of her being in space. Eh, she's you know she wears like a Star Trek uniform up there, which whatever. Uh, next gen command to uh, you know, but every man, woman, and child in America, including undocumented immigrants, should have been allowed into space before they let an Italian. <laughs> just saying, just saying. Oh, progressive uh, John. Anyway, let's, uh, God, whatever you, don't use that part. <laughs> you could use that other thing I said about Italy uh, up until when we, yeah. Um, so progressive today. John came in. Friday, May 8th. And you're listening to Fantastic Neighborhood episode 110. I'm Fred, and I like, like, you know, like saying like, like a lot, like. I'm John, and I like talking about my diet. <laughs> John, did you listen to uh, last week's Gaiden when we had uh, uh, Star Wars correspondent Michael Pappas on? You know, I did not. I, I did not listen to that, you traitorous fuck. Uh, <laughs> So, oh, says says a Florida man. No, but so listen. I'm consciously trying to like remember stuff I learned in school about broadcasting, and I'm trying to not say um. Um is a filler word, right? I'm working on um as well. So what wound up happening is while I was talking to Mike, and kind of just interviewing him almost like like almost like he was a guest, uh, as opposed to a guest host. I stop myself from saying um but i didn't realize it when i listened back to it i said like every other word <laughs> i sounded like a, a really ugly valley girl so i i listen to the giant bombcast every week right sure and they there's a guy on there called uh, drew scanlon and he is very consciously and you can hear him when he speaks very consciously trying not to say um like or swear he doesn't do any of those things. Oh, swearing is never... Fuck that. I'm keeping that for me. And so the the kind of... You could... Once you start, like, listening... Like, once you start listening for it, you can hear... And I, I mean, I can hear in my cadence now where the um would naturally go. And instead, there's maybe words hanging on a little bit more and a little bit extra pauses. But you're right. It does sound make us sound a uh, little... Whatever. Better? Well, I don't know. I'll listen to that yes. eventually. I'm almost. Well, I'm gonna come back to Star Wars. I want to talk about my thing real quick. Talk so, about your thing. Uh, so I was not feeling great this weekend, and I took a brief nap Sunday afternoon. I woke up. My wife was watching Fed Up. I don't know what that this is. documentary. It's a documentary. Uh, Katie Cork does the VO. It's a. The premise is that uh, childhood obesity is caused by processed foods, sugars, carbs, all that stuff. Not that dumb of a premise, but of course it's you know. Is it like like anti-GMO stuff, or is it just that we're not no, eating as healthy as we no, used to be? It's like it's not about that at all. It's like 
processed foods and sugar are causing these things and people become as addicted to them as they do blah 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 okay the uh the thing about it is that it's much like something like supersize me or michael moore or or like religious or something it has an agenda it's not just that it has an agenda but the way it tells the story and it really it at times prioritizes telling the story over facts Mm-hmm. And that's not to say I love religious. I love Michael Moore movies. I think Super Size Me is fantastic. This movie was great too. But you know, after seeing all those movies and reading counterpoints to them over the years, like it was instantly me going, eh, eh. and this is somebody who is uh, I'm on a you know a low carb, high fat. Like I'm on an I don't I don't eat a lot of processed foods. I cook at home constantly i don't drink sugary sugary drinks and you know and i'm like eh, you know there's a little bit here a little bit not there but my wife was like we can't give booker sugar <laughs> <laughs> and i whatever if it took that then, then i'm actually jazzed about it but yeah coming back to star wars man uh star wars man the second worst <laughs> superhero <laughs> next to florida man <laughs> Well, pretty soon Star Wars Man and Florida Man will be the same thing once they open the amusement park up down there. Up down there. Up down there, yeah. Yeah, I, um, man, I keep coming back, like, uh, what do, I can't get as excited as all these people, but there were all these, whoa. That that would be a train. I have a train behind my house, I don't know if you know that. I had one in college. There was a train that went through my backyard. It would only come through about once a week, uh, but at three thirty or four in the morning, and it would shake the fucking house. Oh yeah, no, that comes. Eventually, that's here. Eventually, I could sleep through it, but when like Katie would sleep over, she would just go. Ah! All right, I'm actually going to close my window because it's loud. So I'm going to keep walking, talking, walking keep, and talking. Keep walking, talking. Um, so Fred. I don't know if you remember when I actually was well before we played, did this podcast, but I played the Force Unleashed way back in the day, and I really, really liked it. Uh, the Force Unleashed, and I but I never got around to pe- playing the DLC because they were each each epi- DLC episode was ten bucks, right? And they just never went on sale. So here I am, like six years after playing that game, the DLC finally went on sale with this May the Fourth Be With You sale. Mm-hmm. By the way, horrible. I know. Uh, I, I, yeah, I so hate I, the pun. So I'm finally going to go back and I, I, do that DLC. Here's the thing, though. I hope it's... Here's a big problem with some DLC. It comes out way after the fact, and you forget how to play the game. Yes. Like, going back to a game that you've started and not finished is really difficult. This happened to me very recently. I went back to play... To finish uh, the Xbox One version of Thomas Was Alone... And I was on a really late stage, and I'm like, I, what? I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, I don't know. That's 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 where I'm at. I've had that with a, a, a fair number of games. I can't, I can't think of explicit examples right now. Maybe even Shadows of Mordor, and that wasn't even that far removed. The, yeah. second, the second DLC pack came out, and I was like, I have to relearn this entire game. Dude, I didn't play Ori for like three weeks between starting it and then I made longer than that. And I went back and I was like, oh, shit. But luckily, I managed to figure it out pretty quickly. 
You know what's happened to me in the past playing a game, let's say Zelda, one of the Zelda titles. You'll unlock an ability and it'll immediately give you some sort of tutorial about here's how you use the ability. And then you do that and then you walk away from the game for a while and you come back, completely forget that's an ability that you even have in your, oh, in yeah. your roster. And that's the key that's the key piece to all the puzzles afterwards. Uh, I, not that far, but like coming back to Far Cry 4, I'm like, these abilities suck. And then like, I forget how to use them. I just, I, I liked Far Cry 3 better. Oh, does it hurt? It does. Hmm. All right, let's talk about some stuff that's been happening this week, John. Because after all, we are a, a news program talking about news and events. You're listening to Fantastic Neighborhood Ear Witness News. Hearing the news and then just reiterating it. I mean, there's been so much stuff happening in the last couple of weeks. I just, I really wanted to go over this. Uh, so I don't know if you heard about this one, Fred. Brace yourself. I'm, I'm so, ready. Steam has opened up the platform, the Steam Workshop, uh, for paid mods. So, like... It's a really good idea. It's starting with uh, Skyrim. So Skyrim's got the super active mod community, and now players, or excuse me, modders are going to be able to uh, get paid for these huge these mods that they make. Uh, revenue split like thirty goes to Valve, twenty five goes to the modder, and forty five goes to Bethesda for creating the original game. Have you, did you hear about this? That's pretty cool. I just. Uh, Hold on, John. I'm getting a I'm getting a, a message on the, my earpiece here. Yes. Hold on. Oh, John, this Justin. John, we're uh, we're getting some reports here. Yeah, from, yes. are you getting those reports from fucking Telegraph? I'm getting I'm getting these reports, and uh, has it, has it been confirmed? Yes, John, it's been confirmed. Steam paid mods officially dead. Hmm. Officially killed due to the internet. Yeah, so that's something. <laughs> so it would seem that people did not like paying for things that they used to get for free. People do not like paying for their content. Now, I'm I'm torn about this because I think that the paid rev share model is a actually pretty cool thing for for a lot of things. And I always thought like yeah, you know, there's something to be said about communities that build mods and share with each other, but there's also something to be said about being paid for your your value. And this goes back, do you remember the conversation we had about PS Plus and, and uh, Xbox Gold, where the free games that they give you devalue the games themselves, and people yeah, get spoiled? And, and yeah, no, people are a bunch of entitled fucks. Right. This is the same thing to me, is that, wait, this was once free and now it's not? I hate you. And so Steam caved, believe it or not. Steam and Bethesda. I, you know, I'm, I honestly like very disappointed with this. Um, I think they probably rolled it out in a pretty clunky, shitty way. But right. and I'm sure they're gonna roll it back out eventually. But just the vitriol. I don't know. I feel like some of the some of the things that people make for games like Skyrim, like people do whole expansions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they, you know, I think they deserve to get paid for it. I don't know if 25%... The percentage just could be argued, right? Yeah, and I, I just don't know that... It's not like they're making their own game, but they are, you know, doing something within somebody's existing thing. But then again, there, um, are, there are places where this already exists. Um, Shadowrun. 
has Dota. Dota. Like, <laughs> Team Fortress. Like, yeah. All these games make... have their own content that you can create for them and make revenue off of. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's YouTube. YouTube, uh, you know. Wait, you mean the videos used to be free and now I have to watch ads? How dare you? Although that's going away too. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm sure this will come back and it'll be interesting. I don't really play mods, so I guess it's not really a big deal to me. Every now and then, a mod will come out that's so such a big deal and so so important that I'll pay attention to it, but it's not all that often. Um, I think the first Natural Selection was a big one. Me and Ed well, played that for a good amount of time. Yeah, that's a really interesting story. I mean, that's like that's the old old school thing. Somebody makes a mod for a game, and then they get to spin out into their own studio. Or that's that happened to Chaos Studios, where our friend TJ used. Did I just TJ CJ CJ used to work? I think they started with battle like a Battlefield mod, right? So, um, yeah, man. Every every now and again that'll that'll you know someone will strike gold, but I'm crossing my fingers. I'm hoping that maybe given a little time, people will just warm up to the idea because it's like I think developers deserve to get paid for their work, don't you? I think everybody deserves to get paid for their work. I think it's a it's probably there's probably something to be said about how exploitive it is to um, for Bethesda to maybe take forty five percent when you consider that somebody. In order to, one could one could argue that mods sell their games because it increases the tail on their game, right? Yeah, I think I think that's that's a fair thing to say. I, I don't know that's the case for everything, but for yeah, but many I, things. You know, maybe if it was it was a third, a third, a third, I would I would I would say that. Yeah, and w- maybe if the volume was high enough, the percentage drops or something like that. Like maybe it's a sliding scale. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I almost want to. Start, I almost started explaining how the sale of console games work, and it's so it's so effing crazy. These like contracts and how they, wait, even with with digital, it makes it so complicated nowadays. But um, at, at the core of it, um, I'm interested to see see what happens in the space going forward. To see more than just hats. Um, to see like these content mods. I've been meaning. I want to play more PC games, man, but I'm going to tell you quite honestly, like I'm like almost back to being kind of hooked by achievements. Well, now that that I feel like um, at least with Xbox live, maybe PlayStation in the future, achievements have like a tangible benefit now with like, like the rewards programs and all that. They have a tangible tangible benefit in that when you load up the Xbox one to the right to the right is this leaderboard past 30 days of achievements points gained or i should say gamer score gain they're not achievement points they're gamer score um and the tangible benefit is if my name is above dave diffenbaugh's name i feel really good and if my (laughs) name is below dave diffenbaugh's name i'm really mad um we are friends but i hate him sometimes we we, he doesn't listen to the show he should listen to the show you should, you oh, should you know, I'd, I'd send him a link to the show, but it wouldn't work. We're hey, work friends. That's not my fault. Your network is so fucking weird. Yeah, the only site this happens to, can we just, let's move to GoDaddy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> we'll figure something out. Can we just go back? Thanks for saying I was hot before. I really appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe the hair I would do something different with. Like this? Yeah, other the other direction. 
And then um, I think I'd bedazzle the glasses a little bit. Just a, a single gem. <laughs> this is funny for everyone who can see the video, which Turn is me. Hey, so guys, hit the video feed on the podcast, <laughs> and you'll see me seductively chewing on my glasses. Um, all right, dude, more news. So recently went back and played uh, PT, playable trailer, or playable teaser uh, for mm-hmm. Silent Hills. Um Man, that is scary as shit. Hold, hold on, John. Hold on a second. Hold on. I'm getting some word in now. Yes, yes. Okay, uh, we're getting some reports. John, this is this is just confirmed. Konami has officially killed Silent Hills. Officially dead. That sucks. But good thing we could still play PT. I think it's like. We, just, good, we can still download PT. I think it's well, like... John, wait a, a sec. Really... Wait a sec. Hold on. Um, yes. Yes. Yes, we're getting some more reports. Yes. Um, okay. This just confirmed. Konami has officially removed PT from the PlayStation Store. All right. So I guess that sucks for folks that don't have it. Um, I mean, me not really loving horror games. This still, I think it's kind of a revelatory game. Glad it, you know, when I downloaded it originally, I, I you know, still go back and re-download it. Or, well, John, or wait, um, I'm getting, I'm getting some news right now. Wait a moment. Yes, yes. John just confirmed. Sony has officially removed PT from the PlayStation. You can no longer download a copy of PT. Um, I mean, I can still play it though. The one I've downloaded though. If you have it for now. Uh, I don't know if you saw reports going around today. So if you have it for now, plus if your PlayStation Plus expires, you will not be able to play it. Oh, it's so brutal. So this is the fucking thing that this is the people who are like, I will buy disc. I will take these discs to my grave. This is what they are. <laughs> this is what they are fighting against. This is this is their Zanzibar right here. This is. I think this is the first time this has ever happened. It's it's not. No, um, okay. like actually, first time it's ever happened on the scale. Maybe I get, it's free. It's a weird thing. There have been games on Steam that have ended up shipping so broken that the Valve issues a refund. But then you're yeah. still allowed. You can still download. They still like some version of it still lives in perpetuity on a server. Have you I seen the ba- prices on this? By the way, I don't know if you've kept the breast of this. Okay, so I'm a little annoyed by that. You have to go by the price something the price something sells at not the price it's listed yes i've been looking at the sales prices so for we're talking about for playstation 4s with pt installed on them ps4s which for whatever reason the destiny white ps4 seems to be a lot more common on ebay with a copy of pt on it but they are selling for uh on average about eight hundred dollars i don't believe that uh, I check the numbers. I don't know if people. I I feel like maybe people are buying them and then not paying the price. Anyway, let's not talk about this. Let's talk about like what this means for game preservation. Yeah. Uh, it scares the shit out of me, man. I feel like eventually somebody will, like with anything, like people have people have figured out a way to like. I don't know if you've heard of the Satella View, but it was a. It was this add-on for Super Nintendo in Japan where if you had a certain satellite TV provider, you could play games at certain times, like have them beamed into your house. And then like there's a version, there's a sequel to Chrono Trigger that is exclusive to the Satellaview. And then they would, 
you beam in certain like voiceover and stuff. Like if you get a Satella view with, I think it's called Radical Dreamers installed on it, you, the thing goes for hundreds of bucks. Sure. Um, What's weird about this is... But it, what I'm trying to say is, uh, uh, like Dr. Ian Malcolm said, life finds a way. <laughs> it's such uh, a shame that... And I'm sorry for I keep cutting you off. No, I think fine. we've been good it's about that like lately. co-hosts or anything. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing is that uh, it, the real shame to me is that game preservation now takes on like this legal gray or even, you know, black area where it is illegal to preserve a work. Like, and I just, it's so much different than film and books in that regard. And it's really, I don't know, man, it's really so, a weird future. So what's what there are two things that are happening here right now. One is the the fear that Sony will eventually be able to reach into your PlayStation and take this thing off of it. I don't know if that's actually the case or not. That that's really scary because then like even ownership is like a questionable thing even though this was a free thing, right? Well, here's the thing, man, they fought so long like we don't we don't own, we're just agreeing to a EULA. Right. So that's real scary. The other thing that's uh, confusing me is, like, I can flash a hard drive on a PlayStation, right? I can get a disk image and flash a hard drive and put that hard drive into a PlayStation. So why couldn't we just clone the drive with the game on it and just release that ROM? Yeah. Or am I crazy? I don't know. I think it'll happen eventually, but it takes it takes a while to crack these things open, right? Like, So the internet will do it in, like, a week. It'll be a few years, probably. I don't know. Well, it'll the, what what will happen is it'll be this constant song of dance of they crack it and then they release a system update that patches the vulnerability or whatever, and then they crack it again. And I mean yeah, that's how or, that's how all security works on the internet. I think right? I think at one so one point you reach the point you reach the point where you don't want to update your console anymore and you're just fine with playing with whatever the thing was. Like my PSP is hacked as shit. Right. Uh, here's the thing about. Man, I accidentally bought a PSP game recently that doesn't work on my Vita. And I'm like, ah, you got me, Sony. You <laughs> fucks. Here's uh-huh. a, I want to steal something from. I want. I need to steal something from Sony now to make to feel better. But yeah, I forget. Fuck. I got, I'm sorry, dude. I got completely lost with where I was going with that. <laughs> Look, so so P, PT is like this really weird uh, thing that's happened. It. It's a combination of many unique things because it was also there's a lot of world's firsts going on here. It was the first playable trailer, which is more of a marketing thing than anything. But like it was a demo for a game that the game may or may not have actually wound up being the same as the demo. Mm -hmm. Right. The gameplay for Silent Hill traditionally has not been like first person view exploration. There's been combat mechanics, all this stuff, right? There was a Silent Hill game that I believe had similar mechanics. I think the like, Wii, the Weave one, where you were locked uh, yeah. in a room and you had to like explore the room. But this is a, a very unique microcosm of things with with very famous people attached to it, and and I don't know that we'll ever know if this game was canceled because of bad blood between Konami and Kojima. And if I that, think that's pretty clear at this point, if or if that was the only reason. Um, that's, that's interesting. It also brings up the idea of this, like, sort of rock star developer mentality. Like, Kojima is, I mean, love him or hate him, like, he is a, 
He is a personality within video gaming. He's like, an aut- he's an auteur. Yeah, he's like a Cliffy B or or uh, uh, Ken Levine or something. You know, like he's yeah. a name, a singular name you attach to a game. Well, it's not just he's a singular name, but it's it's. I mean, even for for lack of a, what's his nuts the the child the man child Jaffe, like even him. You know, I was gonna say uh, fish. Well, same but on the opposite end of the spectrum anyway but I, I i agree and i think it's really interesting I, it's big japan is dying like as far as game development yeah and i don't i don't know it's such a weird we're in such a weird place right now man i don't know video games you know it, it i think this happened a couple of years ago but i'm only just noticing it but video games have become the corporate establishment. They've always been corporate in that there's always been a company behind uh, the larger consoles and publishing and all that. But whereas video games used to be a lot more independent developers, trying things, taking risks, publishing, you know, funky titles that never would get made nowadays by a larger company. It's now actually become, I think, akin to the movie industry or the music industry where there's like a very large very imposing establishment that controls what flows in and out. It's mired in legal and it doesn't have the same spirit that it used to have. Does that make sense? Uh, I don't know, man. I think part of it's like Japan really, they, I mean, Japan, Japan, Japanese development, like kind of just didn't, didn't adapt. And now it's perishing. Right. It didn't keep up. Uh, Yeah. Uh, but I would say the same thing of anime. I don't think anime has really had any real revolutionary moments uh, in the last couple of years. And it's still hanging on there doing the same tripe that it always does. But I think anime is never anime is never as big as games. Probably not, but like it, I think it was, it was big enough. It was, was to certain people. And I mean, I think, isn't Attack on Titan like super popular? Yes, know. but it's not doing anything that any other anime hasn't. Listen, done. man, I recently started watching anime, so I, or I mean, un, or sorry, excuse me, anime. Some fucking creepy otaku. <laughs> well, actually, it's anime. Uh, actually, it's karaoke. <laughs> Let's move you on. Assume I know karate. Make a note somewhere. I think we should talk about the death of the the big Japanese developer. Um, as a guide in. Writing down right now. If anybody switched to the video feed, you could see Fred. Air writing. Air writing. It's cursive, if you haven't noticed. Lots of little just looks like It just looks like you're jerking off a ghost. <laughs> All right, moving on. John, This you sent me two words. You're like, this is a topic of discussion. And I'm like, I don't know what we're going to talk about other than the Let, size of his head. Okay, let's... Let's... Okay. True or false? Slut shaming's bad. I feel like this is a loaded question. Totally loaded. All, all isn't all shaming bad? We'll say no. Sl- don't don't change the subject. Slut okay. shaming bad is like sure. labeling a woman a slut because she she slept with several men. Sure. Bad. So Jeremy Renner in like the promotion of the Avengers, which is the next thing we're talking about. I haven't seen it. I, uh, like it called the Black Widow a slut. I thought he was like super funny, and then doubled down on that joke. It's been like super controversial. You and I are not going to agree on this, 
and I'm going to tell know, you man. why. Because first why? of all, Chris Evans did the same thing. No, no, no. But then Jeremy Renner doubled down on it. Oh, okay. Well, regardless, they both they both did the same thing, and when you ask the target of the shaming, which in this case is Scarlett Johansson, uh, if she, oh, of course my wife would ring the bell. No, no, it's not Scarlett Johansson. It's the Black Widow. Who's a fictional. It's the character. fictional character, but like, let's assume that her her proxy in the real world. Did your wife just ring the fucking? Doorbell? She just rang the goddamn doorbell. But let's assume her proxy in the real world is is Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson didn't have a problem with it. She thought it was a, it, a it joke. It, it like it literally does not matter. I don't know that it does not matter. No, I, no, no, no. It, no, here, here is here is the equal, equal argument. My friend, right? My friend. Okay, this is a real argument. My friends in basic training said, like in not so many words. No, John, you're cool. You're our N word. Uh, it is. And, like, they would have been totally okay with me saying that word back to them. I take it out of that immediate context, totally unacceptable. I recognize that, always did, even back then when I was when I was a fucking 18-year-old moron. So it can be fine if that joke, they made that joke with Scarlett Johansson, and then she was like, ah, you know, okay. But to, uh, but I think taking that to uh, a bigger audience is, is fucked up, and it, and it represents more. I think it's one of those things where it represents poor attitudes more than it necessarily impacts you know, an I, individual. I agree with your sentiment. I do. I just I don't think I do not put the weight that you're putting to this. I think it was a like a. No, I think it's a dumb dumb move. I don't think that. I honestly don't think this is a that big of a deal i guess uh, i shouldn't say that but like was it was it in poor taste yeah probably is it unacceptable that i don't know i i don't think i draw a line there no i I think i think it is to to my problem with it was more that it was like it was it was intended to be like a, a joke and it's such like a hack fucking thing to say like i I'm less offended by them saying that and more offended by the fact that it's like, could you not think of something better? Unoriginal? Like, hold us to a higher standard? All right. So I don't think we really agree. I think well, we're, we're pretty... I think we're very close. Bit. Let's talk I, about this a little bit because here's the thing, and I'm going to move on to, to, to a different topic surrounding this. Uh, Joss Whedon had to take his account off of Twitter recently. I you know I actually didn't even really follow that very closely. Um, he took his account off of Twitter because of the amount of harassment he was getting from um, about this topic, amongst other issues. So the 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 first thing that was happening was he was getting attacked for uh, from comic book fans who like, how dare you make blah 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 do blah? I hate you forever. You should die. You know, so that's typical comic fanboy. I'm, you know, like that's it's terrible. Um, no, it's t- it's typical everybody on Twitter at this point. Yeah. Not and again, not to say. Here's the thing. The, here here's the thing, and I think we run into this a lot. Is where we go. What do you expect? It's the internet. And God damn it, I fucking hate that we're so desensitized no, I know, I know. towards how people are treated when people are treated really shitty. Um, I agree. That we 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 have that reaction. We both so, do. Let me let me get into this. So besides the fanboys who attacked him, there was a large 
a cadre of people attacking him for being uh, anti-woman because of the Avengers on Twitter. Now, it's Twitter, so it's almost impossible to say how many of those people were real versus how many of them were people trolling him versus whatever have you, right? But some of the arguments about how he... And you didn't see the Avengers, so I'll say what they're saying, and then I'll say what actually happened. Uh, They claim that he didn't develop... uh, You know, Scarlett Johansson was a set piece throughout the... Like, the women were set pieces, and the men were the real characters in the movie. Which is a common complaint from movies, right? The the male is the hero, the woman is is the the princess, right? That has to be rescued. 100% not the case in this movie. The character was way more developed in this movie than she was in the first Avengers. Uh, Probably not as much as she was in uh, the second Captain America movie. That's a good movie. Yeah. This this movie developed a lot of the characters that didn't have uh, development in the first Avengers. The Hulk got a lot more screen time. Hawkeye got a lot more backstory. Black Widow got a whole lot more backstory. They do not treat her disrespectfully in the movie. They treat her as an equal on on the team. If anything, the, the there's a subplot in the movie of them picking on Captain America for being um, like a Boy Scout. Yo, remember when Captain America said, I only believe in one god, but yeah. he's literally met two gods <laughs> <laughs> that aren't the one he believes in? Yes. Oh, God, he's the worst. Typical religious argument. Anyway, but I just think it's it's absurd how, um, you know, I was talking to someone about this. Like, look, I would call myself a liberal if I had to quantify myself, like if I had to label myself. But the thing I hate about my fellow liberals in this circumstance is that they fucking attack their own. The reason the Republicans in this country have any power whatsoever is because they will stand by each other no matter what crazy bullshit nonsense comes out of their mouth. They will stand by and they'll go like, no, that's that man's right to choose. Burk, burk, burk. But, but like, you know, the granola community in this country will attack you for using the wrong tense accidentally. Enough politicking. Uh, I don't know, I, man. We don't I, agree because, like, issue. I no, I think you're identifying a thing that that I do because I don't find I, I find that like what counts as a liberal in this country is is just right of center. Uh, Fair enough. I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with being centrist either. To be honest, no, no. I mean, I, I do. Same thing. I think there's a lot being wrong with being on the the right. Uh, but that's my prerogative as a fucking progressive on the far left. Right. Of course, the champagne. I'm a champagne socialist. Let's get real. <laughs> right. Like, like I still complain about my taxes because I'm a hypocritical asshole. But I guess to an extent, at least I know it. I don't know. I think I, th- I think it's just another one of those things where you and I are very close to the same opinion, but just just, just not just the quite. details, man. It's all in the details. How, how did you like Avengers? It was good. Um, I would say that it's not as good as the first or at least not as impactful. So if you had to do a quick ranking of, let's say, your top five Marvel. I would put Guardians of the Galaxy at the top. Wrong. Daredevil, Ben Affleck. Okay, continue. Oh, we're, but we're talking about the new MCU after okay, the reboot. Yeah, sure, whatever. Sure, whatever. Uh, for what it's worth, if we're actually ranking all the Marvel movies ever, I really like the first Punisher. The Thomas Jane Punisher is one of my favorites. Oh, man, I, th- I thought you were going to go with Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> well, I mean, I like that too, but for the wrong reasons. Okay, um, so, so I would say Guardians, and then I would put the second Captain America, Iron Man, 
Avengers 1 this. I'd put this okay. at a five. Cool. Should um, I see it in the theater? I think it's worth seeing in the theater. I I I liked it. There there's some choices that they make in in the character development that I don't necessarily dislike, but it's sort of it's not what I thought it would be. Ultron is definitely not the character I thought it would be. It's good, but it's not what I thought it would. It's not what I had in my mind as that character. Whereas most of the other characters came off okay. Like the Vision was definitely the Vision. Ugh, I've what I've seen look. He's fine in that movie. I actually really like him. He doesn't have much screen time. Um, but they're also saying that there's going to be a much more extended cut of this movie already. Like there, a lot got left on the editing room floor apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, also, did you know that there's a new cut of that last X Men movie coming out? That's like 35 minutes longer and it has a different story. Really? Yeah. So apparently, Rogue was like a main character in that movie before the edits. Uh, like pivotal plot developments happen with Rogue. Okay, so I just googled uh Rogue cut. Yeah. God. Brian Brian Singer takes a break from raping young boys to uh to detail days of excuse me allegedly uh days of future past. Okay. Okay, that's interesting to me. July 15th. All right. All right. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. It's a couple months away for us to regret it. Uh, <laughs> you know what else I've been watching, John? This is an interesting one. So we we just got off the tail of Daredevil on Netflix, which was really good. It ended strong. I didn't finish it. I liked it. I have four episodes left. Uh, but after Daredevil, I went on my PSN. Are you familiar with Powers? Yeah, is it like the boys? It's a lot like the boys, apparently. But apparently the comic book itself is much different. So the comic book is about a superhero who loses his powers. I'm not entirely sure how it happens in the comic book. And he becomes like a detective in the the special powers division, like police enforcement unit. They're, so they're regular cops who are a special task force for superheroes. And, and stuff ensues. The They made a television show or whatever you a show exclusive to psn mm-hmm. i remember episodes. they announced they announced it at a thing it's 10 episodes it's it's on psn it stars uh charlito copley which was the guy from district nine south african dude kit food yeah exactly uh it stars him doing his, a close approximation of what i think he imagines an american sounds like uh, the girl who apparently is in Sleepy Hollow, eh. and uh, Eddie Izzard. Okay. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> yeah. Also, am I crazy? Eddie Izzard got his start as a like he was a cross dressing comedian, right? Like that was how he got famous. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm just like because I I haven't seen him dress like that forever. Like I think he's like now that he has acting gigs, he's sort of like dresses dresses the gender role i don't know man let him do him yeah that's fine i like eddie Izzard. he's funny um so powers is my 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 opinion of it i'm gonna watch the rest i haven't watched it all yet but it's so remember how we were talking about we missed like the b games mm-hmm. this is a b show this sort of like it's not low budget but it's certainly Dude, there's not a polished. lot of b, there's a lot of b shows it's it's a little 
the show feels a little dirty. It's a little guttural. Um, and it's, a, it's honestly a kind of a little punk rock. It feels like if they remember how we were talking about them making a boys series on HBO. God. Oh, my God. This oh. is really close to what I think that would be. I don't know. I feel like so, I feel like the boys on HBO would be fantastic, though. I do too. Just look what they've done with Game of Thrones. I mean, ah, uh. yeah. This is this is in the same vein though. There's a there's a large selection of comic books where it's like um, the boys. I'm assuming powers. I haven't read the actual book, but the the show. Uh, if you ever read Wanted, not the movie that they made, but the comic book, mm-hmm. it's it's definitely along those lines. In a world where like the villains win and everyone's horrible, I almost think you might like this show. I'll check it out. It comes with PS Plus, so it's it's worth if you have some time. It's worth checking out to see if you're gonna like it. Mm-hmm. All right, I you know I, I just want to bring this one up. This is funny news. Uh, so Google Play removed threes from the marketplace because they used 2048 as yeah. one of the tags. So 2048 is a ripoff of threes, right? So it's it's uh, the 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 story a little bit more in depth is that Google, it was a bot that removed them like it wasn't an actual person. Still. Yeah, they got they got caught in like a spam filter, basically. They were reinstated within a few hours. You know, one could allege that they probably lost sales as a result. Um, one, could, one could also allege that they maybe made some sales on the publicity. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think threes on the Google App Store has sold something between like, 10 and 50,000 copies. 2048 has has sold like 10 million. It's depressing. Although one is $2 and one is free. So there's a very large divide there. Yeah, one is also stealing. Um I don't no, know. I know, but like the consumer I feel like the the only good riff on on 3s in 2048 was Doge 2048. <laughs> well, which is the ultimate game of all time ever such such many score such much game, game. <laughs> so good you know it, it's interesting to talk about though because like the divide between free and paid even though they're effectively the same game just looking at the numbers right not having to like put your credit card information in even if the game costs a penny not having to go through that process of putting in your credit card and 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 putting in your password it makes dude i just stuff i put so my fucking easier. i put my thumbprint on the phone and then it gives me the thing i want to buy i don't know if i trust that technology john that would make that that makes it too that's ableist that's that's making it uh too easy for me to buy things you can any finger well, i got a Honestly, finger for you i'll uh, hey switch over the video feed <laughs> Okay, so what else do we got here? Uh, oh, so I read a book. You read a book. Have you read Neuromancer? I read Neuromancer. I was living in Connecticut. It was... I f- think it's called Connecticut. Thank you. It was the second time I was homeschooled. Jeez. And that was good. that was the book I decided I was going to like challenge myself with because I was very much auto... <laughs> I was autodidactic, John. I was self-taught. What's, what are, what's really funny about this book is that there's so many made up... What a, like, what a choice because like I know. half of the words are made up nonsense. Yeah, and the <laughs> other half became words because they were in this book and people <laughs> adapted them later on. Yeah. So I've been like... 
so on a whim, so I was in an airport. Uh, I went on family vacation, and my my best friend David came with us. He, he's he's family too, uh, but so he came with us, and he was reading Dune. I was like, man, I never read Dune. Like that's like a real strike to my nerd cred. So I was like, I walked over to the bookstore in the airport, and I was like, gonna buy a copy of Dune. They did not have Dune. They had sequels to Dune, and so the then I saw Neuro <laughs> Sisters of Dune, I believe it was. Um, so I saw Neuromancer. I bought it. I finally, I, you know, I finished it. That's a good book. So I've decided now that I'm going to, I'm going to, next I'm going to read Dune, and after that I'm going to read uh, Snow Crash. Snow Crash is maybe my favorite book from, from that era, like growing up. I was really into cyberpunk for a while. Shocking. No, but novels, like actually reading cyberpunk. Back when the library was a place I went, and I read Snow Crash first. And it's a really good book. It's a little goofy, but it's a lot of fun to read. And yeah, then it, it's a bit like it doesn't isn't there like absurdist humor? It's very absurdist. Uh, the main character's God, name. <laughs> the main character's name is hero protagonist. But uh, I'm not gonna like this. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really good book, and it had a lot of cool concepts in it. And then I said, I'm gonna read Neuromancer next because that's the one that everyone talks about when they talk about cyberpunk. Fuck me if that book didn't take me forever to read, though. Of course, yeah. I was much younger at the time and, and much dumber, but goddamn, like, just, just like, getting through, like, the word soup that Gibson creates with that book and all, like, the very lofty concepts. Here's the thing is, like, that I ran into was if I didn't, if I tried to stop and, you know, put a bookmark in halfway through a chapter, I would have to read two pages to recontextualize. Right. So I made it an effort to like only stop uh, in between chapters. It does. It does jump around a lot. I don't even remember a ton of the stuff in that book. Like I remember Winter Mute, and I remember the main character was like a Straylight. Yeah, and the main character was like he couldn't he couldn't jack into the network, and then they offered him a way to repair it, and yada yada yada. Uh, it was a fun book. I may actually go back and read that again one day just to. I really liked it. I think it's really, it's really, it's really good. I should Um, read more cyberpunk, like real cyberpunk. You ever read anything else by William Gibson? They're all that that goddamn complicated. I think the, um, yeah, I I don't, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, and I, I really had trouble visualizing the world. Um, it was very, there were very lofty concepts. It was all sort of, you know, in the ether. Because, like, I know Johnny Mnemonic is based on a short story that is a, technically a prequel to this thing. And, like, so I just, like, I don't know. I started picturing, even though he's a different character, I started I started uh, picturing the, the protagonist as, as Keanu Reeves. And then um, the it lady. Makes it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. I forgot what I, I picture, how I pictured the lady. It's Helen Miram. No, no. <laughs> That's a really funny joke you just did there. Um, yeah, anyway. Yeah, I liked it. I'm going to read some more books. I feel like I'll finally be a real nerd. Books are good, John. I like books. You're a book. <sighs> Damn, I am. Okay, I won pl- I played one other game really briefly. I played The Warriors, the PSP game. Um, there was a console release for that too, though, right? Like mm-hmm. it was PSP. Yeah, it was on and, PS2. Yeah. Dude... 
I forgot. I haven't seen the Warriors, the film, in a long time. I forgot that one of the members of the Warriors gets busted simply because he can't contain it, stop himself from raping a cop in Central Park. I haven't seen that movie in forever. Yeah, it's like I don't remember that at all. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like tries to rape somebody and then he's arrested. He's like, there's there's a part very early on this where the, the one of the Warriors is trying to rape a lady and it was like, no, no, we have to go spray paint some stuff so he's like okay i'm not gonna rape you right now um and i i, I realized that i remember that that character that was his downfall being a rapist well you know what's weird about that movie is that like the even the main characters in that movie they're not good people like everyone's a bad guy in that they're all gang members right like oh yeah no totally right and there's something about like I th- you know, that movie is a bit social commentary on 1970s New York and how bad it actually was. But there's something about the fact that there are no good people in in the movie that's a little weird. Like, I remember, like, I mean, keep in mind some of the gangs that were part of, like, this group that's supposed to come together. And, you know, when uh, What's-His-Name pulls all the, you know, gives the speech. Right at the beginning. Uh, can you dig it? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, like, well, I mean, like, yeah, like, the, the end goal was them taking over New York and terrorizing it. Right, and, like, some of those gangs were, like, there was a, the Turbo ACs, I know this because there was a band named after them, they were a skinhead gang. They were neo-Nazis, you know, like. Yeah, no, know. totally. It's just, no, it's, it's a bit of an There's no heroes movie. in that. Um, it's very Verhoeven-esque, and, you know, like. I gotta go back and watch that movie. I, I think I really like it. I think I want to watch it again, sober. <laughs> no, I feel like, oh, man, I feel like we should get drunk and watch that movie. <laughs> I don't Dude, think I've ever should, seen it sober. You should live here. We should get drunk and watch that fucking movie. We oh, can we use should. a, isn't there like an app for that now where you can watch movies together? We should, let's do it after. Uh, Is it Periscope, Meerkat, one of those things? <laughs> let's do it after Oculus Rift releases so we can just sit in a virtual theater watching the warriors drinking (laughs) i'm i'm all for it dude totally for that hey let's go let's move into a game club now as time whittles down So this week we played again. We played, I guess, the second half of Ori and the Blind Forest. And, and so, Fred, before we it? talk more about the game, yes, let's talk about Game Club. Game Club. What is Game so Club? F- what is game? What is game, John? You're you're someone who actually gets to say what is game now, don't you? Dude, we actually decided to eighty six that whole thing, and everything is game. <laughs> oh, that's good. I like that. Everything is game. That's sort of like everything is art. Um, so uh, game club is where we kind of play the same game, talk about it, try to be wax philosophical about it, and sound smart like a book club or something. And you guys at um, home can play along. And I hope you did because. Let me tell you about Ori and the Blind Forest, Fred. Tell me about it, John. This is an incredible fucking game. It's really good. Did you finish it? I did. I finished it before oh my God. the show, you, as a matter of fact. If you said no, I was going to be 
so furious. I put it down two days ago in what turned out to be the last level, the the volcano the, there. The floor is lava, yeah. Yeah, and I said, okay, I'm gonna. There can't be that much left. I'll play it tomorrow night. And then I came home the next night and passed the fuck out. And I woke up this morning and I was angry. I was like literally angry that I didn't beat it because I knew I had to like run home and beat it before we did the podcast. So I, I mean, I, I, the story is. To be honest, the story is kind of inconsequential to me. Um, Serviceable. It's. Not I feel like doing anything unique. I saw people on. So we'll say people who the same kind of people who might have cried at Brothers like would say this is an emotionally like effective game. Yeah, but here's the thing, Brothers really like that was its thing. It had to have that emotional connection or it failed. Ori doesn't. Ori's not as glowing. It's not nearly as as heavy-handed. Yeah, I know I agree. Ori succeeds on its on the merits of how freaking amazing it is in gameplay and how beautiful. Right. Stunning, yeah. absolutely stunning! It is. I'd say the story itself is 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 totally fine. I th- I like the idea that, like, I like that the big bad is obviously not all big bad, right? Uh, oh, hey, spoiler warning. Yeah, I also like that. But um, this is a game that made me feel like I was good at video games. I like that there the metaphor of because Ori is basically a mouse and the bad is is an owl and and you know like the. I don't know. I feel like there's something underlying there about like the, you know, the struggle, not, not the struggle between good and evil. The struggle is real, John. Not the struggle. struggle is real, Fred. Not the struggle between good and evil, but the struggle between the nature of things. Because Ori is sort of, his destiny is to be this thing because he was part of the spirit tree. Whereas the big bad is an owl and his job is to hunt and protect, or her job is to protect her young and to hunt. And, you know, it, it sort of plays off that, like it's a trope that we recognize. You know, but like the owl is not necessary. We know that the owl is not bad for killing a mouse for food or yeah. protecting its young. It's it's a very similar uh, plot line. I didn't the, the the story itself. Okay, it's it once again it's nothing new. It's bad guy chases protagonist at the end. You know, bad guy has his Darth Vader moment, and and then all is well with the world. And that's exactly yeah. how it ended. Yeah. Um, I do. I didn't think they would bring back the other two characters that they did. Uh, oh. the, the the fat white-faced dude and the legs. I forget his name. They all had names. Kuro, was it? No, Kuro was the the owl. Whatever. You it know. was like Goomba. I don't freaking know, man. I, like, I'm going to say that. something like that, yeah. The, the, the story's fine. Yeah. So, absolutely one of the best game, best-looking games I've ever played. By By leagues. Yeah. Um, wait, I'm sorry. What did you say? It's just it's a stunning game to look at. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I I think it's like one of those games where it's like 3D tricks and 2D. I don't fucking know. It's 2D parallaxing, but then they use a lot of like what feel like 3D particle effects. Yeah, I um. Yeah, this. I think this might be the best looking game I've ever played. I don't want to go as far as best looking because I think that's very, you know... It's, it's subjective. It comes down to... It's also depending... Uh, like, it's stylistic. So, like, that doesn't necessarily mean another style isn't good. But... Well, no, no, no. I mean, I, I, I'm not saying good. I mean, I'm like... Well, like, Thomas yeah, Was I'm Alone d- is a really good looking game, you know? <laughs> like, and it's, yeah. it's perfect for what it's trying to do. It no, looks the way it does because of the story it's trying to tell. Yeah, I got you. Um... 
it's 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 like breathtaking. Um, it, it, I don't know. It's astounding. It's got that Miyazaki thing. There was something about Miyazaki or or you know some of the early Disney stuff where it really like you went like, oh, I didn't know animation could be that. I didn't know they could do something on this level with that much detail happening at once. That's exactly what's happening on the screen with this game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and it the the animation and the style of the game also services the gameplay itself really well. Like they they mer- they they marry together pretty well, I would say. Did you know they made this in Unity? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy, <laughs> right? So, uh, let's talk about the gameplay a little bit. Um, it's a Metroidvania. Yes. I got to say it's a it's a really good Metroidvania. I'm I haven't played Symphony of the Night. Guilty guilty admission, right? I've played I've I've played it. People will tell me in in these words that game is a masterpiece. They will say that. I can't imagine it being better than this game. So it is in a way, but it's so obtuse. Sure. You know, it's it's very Japanese in a lot of places. I'm just talking uh, about gameplay, though. I'm not even talking about, like, storyline or, or aesthetics. I mean, this, so, so this game made me feel like I was... I said, like, this made me, game made me feel like I was good at video games. Because it was so hard in places. But, like, it was Meat Boy-esque in that... I was going to say that, and I've been, I've been trying not to. Because, like, yeah. I can't believe we've made that an esque... <laughs> So it's one of those things. It's the same way people talk about, in a way, talk about these Dark Souls games. It's like, okay, it'll kill me, but it killed me within the the rules of the the world. It never felt cheap. Like I always knew what I messed up when I made a mistake, and it made me want to be better at it. Um, I never, I've heard people say that this was super hard, and I never felt like it was killing me hard. No. But it was hard. To the point where, hey, uh, it made me feel really good when I, when I had a breakthrough. I think that there were parts of this game that were hard by virtue of us not fully grasping the save mechanic. Oh, <laughs> the beginning. Yeah, no, I agree. Like the beginning when I wasn't thinking about manually saving. Right. Um, and when I didn't have a lot of energy spots, I was making mistakes. When I finally... When you haven't, when you get enough energy, like it finally comes together. Like I think when the you energy get enough energy, when you get enough energy, also if you unlock when you unlock the double and the triple jump, like blow the world wide open. You yeah. you realize, oh my god, this is a different game. And then then I started getting distracted. I'm like, well, I could go after that objective, or I look at the map. Or I can spend an hour fucking around. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And like, I'm gonna go back here. I'm gonna go do here. I'm gonna like just vengefully take out enemies. Um, yeah, uh, it's so like so great the way that it progressed like that. Yeah. Now that being said, the 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 way the save mechanic worked, I gotta say there was one thing I didn't like. It's a minor flaw, but it the, it bothered the completionist in me. So there's three, no, there's six areas that you can go into no there's three areas there's there's the three places where you like you have to reawaken the spirit stone stones or something yeah and there comes a point in those things right before like the let's call them the boss battle a lot of them are like obstacle course fights but there comes a point where where the game will force save and the game only has one save slot so just forever saves your progress there's um there's points where you can actually 
accidentally proceed to the save point and not have cleared everything from the dungeon without knowing it. And you can totally. miss power-ups and stuff like that. And I actually missed one like that. And I'm like, the only way to go back and get that is to restart my game. Not happening. Now, you don't need those things to actually complete the game. But if you want to get like 100%, which I imagine there's probably an achievement for. Yeah, I I, I learned. It's one of those things is, again, become an older video gamer. Or excuse me, an older video game player uh, is like learning to let that shit go. Yeah. Uh, I can imagine that bothering people, it's, it's a design decision that I don't like, but it's not going to break the game for me. You know, like a, a little, little thing that I didn't love. Um, what do you think about the, so the menus were a little bit interesting to me. They were very, they're very sparse. You know, they, they don't tell you a whole lot of things like they, everything is iconography. There's no words associated with a lot of the stuff. So, like, when you go into the menu screen and you see what power-ups and abilities you've had, it doesn't actually tell you them. It just shows you icons for a lot of them. I don't know. I really didn't do that. No? I, I, the only remember time I remember looking at power, of, like, at the abilities was when I, like, was going to the upgrade menu. And there was just plenty of description. Yeah, it's, all right. Fair enough. Um, and then the other thing was the... So, <laughs> you remember how you mentioned triple jump? Mm-hmm. I got triple jump near the end of the game. Near the end of the game, are you kidding me, dude? Like, I just, I was like, I, I started looking ahead on the the tree, and I'm like, fucking triple jump, triple jumps happening. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I can't even imagine beating the last level without that. I actually can't imagine beating the game without that branch of the skill tree maxed out. I saw, um, I saw some play, like, I, I, I said, I thought the same thing to myself, but like in those places, I noticed that I could have done very skillful double jumps double jump and glides right yeah so there's also uh, one thing i wanted to mention at the end of the game so the game had a progressive difficulty curve there were ways to you know you could get abilities that effectively made the difficulty curve a little lesser um if you were having trouble with them or you just you know like me you just maxed out everything anyway the very last like the boss fight of the game if you want to call it that the last, the, like, escape thing. The escape thing. Man, does the difficulty ramp on that thing. Yeah, I probably spent, like, maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes. 45 minutes on that. It, it felt really hard because there are no save points on that, right? You have to get through the whole thing perfectly. And it it's not actually all that long, but it feels long. And that that really dude, felt just, like Meat Boy. Just think, dude, if we were kids, though. Oh, I know. Like, if this was an NES game, like, that would knock you back way farther oh yeah okay. uh, or it'd just be a hard hard game over <laughs> fred have i raved about any games this year so far i don't think so i i don't know man i think i don't know man i think this is my favorite game so far this year this is a, it's a great game this game unlike a lot of our favorites in the past i think that the thing about this game is that it just does what it's trying to do so well it's not something like where Gone Home sort of redefined a genre of game. You know, it's not it's not abstract like Thomas was alone or uh, 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 what's the walk? Dear Esther, right? It's it's just like a really goddamn competent Metroidvania that's beautiful, fun to play, rewarding. You know, it hits all these notes that just make it like such a, a wonderful game to play. 
Now the only thing, yeah, the only thing is that this is the type of game where like these guys did such a good job. I would love to see a sequel come out of them. I, it will never I would, happen. I would, I would not. I would but not. I, I, would, I would, I would love to see more of this this type of game because the other thing that I wanted to mention, um, and we didn't talk about this at all actually, is fuck me if the level design isn't really just top notch. Yeah, man. I think it, I think it was really brilliant. Uh, I I listen. I gotta say. It's basically this in Super Metroid for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, you know, uh, here, here's the thing. Um, even Super Metroid, there are parts of Super Metroid that really frustrated me because it's like, oh, now I have to backtrack the entire goddamn game to get the thing I forgot. You know, this game doesn't really let you do that. It's it's mm-hmm. actually not punishing like those other games. It's it's hard, but it's not it's not cruel. The so level design I'm, is really smart because they do, you know, they dangle some things in front of you and say, like, look at this stuff you can get. Um, so I don't think I, I, don't, I don't think I can do them back to back. Like, but I think in six months we should talk about doing Axiom Verge as a uh, as a game club. I'm down for it. But I don't think I should do two Metroidvanias back to back. No. Oh, God, no. I've had my yeah. fill for a while. This is going to keep me. Yep. So, yep. You heard it here. Goaty. <laughs> but uh should you play ori in the blind forest resounding yes absolutely, absolutely. like yeah uh yep so, okay so, so Fred. john game club for next week or yeah, two you, weeks from you, now you clearly clearly read my diary or my mind uh you i didn't do that what i did was looked at my queue of games that i can now play on my playstation wolfenstein Wait, the new one, right? The new one, of course, the new one. No, I mean like the new, new one. The brand new like the, one. The, the just DLC came out the, the, two days ago. Yeah, the expansion that came expansion. out. Yes. Yep. We're uh, what is it? The old blood. Old blood. We're playing it. It's happening. I cannot fucking wait to go back into this. I may turn that on tonight. Like that may uh, happen. Yeah. No, I think that's gonna happen for me too. Um. So yeah, we're gonna play the Wolfenstein, the old blood. I I've heard it's about six or seven hours. So you want to target doing this next show? Yeah. Let's do it. I'll beat it by Great. then. Absolutely. Um, I fucking I fucking love Wolfenstein. I'm excited. Let me just talk. I fucking love Wolfenstein. I want to kill some Nazis tonight, John. I fucking hate Nazis. Fuck Oh, Nazis. they're the worst, aren't they? The Nazis. Let's, kill, let's fucking kill them, man. So, like I mentioned last time, I'm going to mention it again. If you are a listener and you are interested in some fantastic neighborhood swag... We have some. All you got to do is go onto our website and contact us through the contact form and give us uh, give us your info, and I will mail you a package with swag in it. All the swags, John. All the swag. And if you'd like, you could also just email us at letters at fantasticneighborhood.com with your info, or you could just email us, say hi, say what's up, give us a question to answer. We like questions. Or you can call us on the hotline at 720-HOODIE6. You can find us on Twitter at Fantastic Hood. You can find John at Hey John Anderson. That's John with hey. no H. You can hey. find me at Proto Addict. You can find us on FantasticNeighborhood.com. And you can rate us in iTunes if you like the show. And we hope you like the show. Um, it was good. Hold on, hold uh, on. John, wait a sec. I'm getting... this. This is breaking news. Just coming in right now. John, no, yes, yeah, no, it's confirmed. John, the show's over.
by the way. I was looking through looking through the archives. Um, we I did a whole bunch of station IDs that we used like once and then never used again. Like yeah. the news break segment and the the I feel like the, that's gonna get used. The buzz kill. Buzzkill. <laughs> Alright, let's we should let's record this podcast. Uh. Are you ready for the fantastic neighborhood? Buzzkill.